This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Dave McDonald. Uh, both of us are very grateful for a relatively quiet week. Yeah, no doubt. We were saying that before we hit the record button. Just how uh, how good it is to primarily be talking about in-ring action. Because we had some pretty good shows. We had some, uh, you know, maybe a show or two that was, uh, eh, you know. What are you going to do? You can't, they can't all be home runs. They had some head-scratching stuff and some fun stuff and some uh, stuff that'll stick with us for a while. So, yeah, it's good to uh, actually have a show almost 100% dedicated to the in-ring New Japan Pro Wrestling. Right, well, let's get on with it then. So, news, just a couple of items here. First of all, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows have apparently signed with Impact Wrestling, which to me, makes sense because, one, they're going to have that clause in their contract that allows them to work in New Japan and they get paid in the meantime. So, uh, you know, it wouldn't make sense for them to not take up any employment until they're able to get back in Japan. So uh, we have a question on this from Bash. She says, with Carl and Doc signing with Impact but still can work in New Japan, what do you think their roles will be? Um, I think they're solidly in it if, you know, they're both being brought in at the same time. I mean, you would assume solidly in in the tag team mix. I think they'll slide right in. I don't think anybody's uh, shocked by that, right? Um, but yeah, I think they'll just slide right on in and be you know, a major player for the tag titles, no doubt. Yeah, it's hard to say involvement further to that. Like, for example, is Carl Anderson going to make it into the G1? I guess that will depend on travel restrictions. Uh, when the G1 rolls around, if these wrestlers who are abroad at the moment are able to make it back to Japan on time. So yeah. uh, we can you know, keep our fingers crossed, but not sure about that at this point. Yeah, I don't think anybody is. Um, but, I mean, I think, I mean, of the two, you would think Carl is probably, not probably, I mean, he's he's in G1, right? <laughs> I mean, Doc, Doc Gallows, maybe not. <laughs> if they put Doc in the G1, I'm not watching it. I'm going to boycott it. <laughs> You're watching. We, we could have the rematch, though, the Doc Gallows versus Bad Luck Farley, which I'm told uh, is one of the worst matches in New Japan history. Oh, you, you, you've never seen it. You, you, you owe yourself. You know, you got to, you got to, uh, you got to take the the bad to appreciate the good, right? So uh, it's it's one of those that'll go down in history as maybe not uh, not one of the better ones. But yeah, I, I would think Carl's in it. Um, if let's put it this way, if he can find a way with travel restrictions to get in whenever G1 is, let's be honest, because, I mean, or there's really been no firm dates as of right now. Um, I know we were looking at the autumn months, uh, you know, before everything went down and Olympics and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I would say if, if he can find a way to get there, he's, the, he's definitely slotted in there. And the other piece of news is that New Japan have added more dates to the Summer Struggle Tour. So now we've got shows on uh, four back-to-back shows, August 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th at Korokuin. 
on the 11th at Osaka Edian 2 and on the 16th in Shizuoka. So that's quite a few dates, Damon. And Nicole was suggesting this to me, that maybe there could be some sort of tournament, maybe a tournament with uh, John Moxley vacates the US title. When you look at those six dates, does anything jump out to you at that? Oh, but I mean, they're... I know they've been away for a little bit, but it does seem like we're we're getting the most use out of Corrigan as we possibly can, right? Um, I, I'm just happy to see it as a touring company again. Right? This is, I mean, we're they're they're back in the swing of things. I don't know if it, here's the thing too. You had mentioned Moxley and um, defending the U.S. title, and even other people who hold titles and might be difficult to defend. Uh, I mean, do you think? I know that traditionally there, listen, if you don't show for these events, you're vacating the title. I mean, we've had that happen specifically with the U.S. title. Do you think that they'll have some type of special waiver, some type of special thing where, you know, it's, you know, we're all in a little bit of new territory here. Do you think that they'll make an exception in this case, or do you think it it is tournament time? I think so. I think... um... I would be quite happy having the US title on ice for now. Keep it on Moxley um, until he's able to come back. I don't think it's such a commodity that, right, we've got to get get it off him right now so we can have the US title back in the mix. I think having the heavyweight and the IC title together and then leaving the never open weight title as the de facto second belt is quite cool. I like that, having fewer titles, because it makes the never title look more prestigious by yeah. you know the fact that you've taken those two other singles titles off the table, yeah, and they're not mentioned. I mean, you never hear them, even not even a whisper about them. So it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Almost very similar to what we saw with uh, the Intercontinental title at one point. It's weird because I'll I'll watch AEW every once in a once in a while, and uh, like I have to be reminded that he's the US champion. <laughs> Yeah, like I have to be like, oh yeah, their world champion is the is is our U.S. champion. So yeah, um, I mean, look, everybody's kind of crossing their fingers as to when the rest of the roster can get back and and get a, get a full full roster of New Japan Pro Wrestling. But I kind of like the idea of these two pockets kind of doing their own thing. It feels like. Um, and because it, 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 it does allow you to focus on people that maybe you haven't before, um, so I, can't, I, I and there there is there is something to be said about the fact that you know half the roster is in the United States and half the roster is is in Japan. Oh, I, I, there is there is a, a, something that I do definitely enjoy about the fact that we get to focus on some people that maybe we haven't before. Yeah, and I think you can build up that next challenge for John Moxley, maybe on these lines break collision shows, so that by the time you are able to get he him and a challenger in Japan, then you've built up a nice hot program there, and people are going to be champing at the bit ready to watch that. Yeah, and I mean, I just worry about, like I said, the fourteen day thing. I mean, let's put it this way: I mean, are we we the United States? Are they on a travel ban from or to Japan? Do you know of? I think so. I'd have to yeah. check, but it seems that most countries that are opening up, nobody to, wants us. Yeah, 
US are blacklisted. <laughs> yeah. I can't blame them for Christ's sake. It is. I mean, it, I mean, you look at some of the numbers and they're pretty staggering. So, yeah. I knew uh, the UK was, was – we were not permitted. Um, I didn't know if Japan was on that list. So that's going to be – yeah, it's going to be trouble. I mean, until things calm down here. Um, and it, it feels like it's – a handful of states, not more than a handful. I, I say a handful of states, but they're, they're, you know, some of the more populated states that we have: um, Florida, Texas, California. So, yeah, it's going to be um, it's going to be a little bit, I think, before we see a full roster. Well, we've got three New Japan Cup shows to review. So, starting off with Wednesday, July the first, and our first New Japan Cup match was Yoshihashi defeating Bushi ten minutes twenty two seconds with Karma. This was a wrestling match that <laughs> happened, Damon. <laughs> it sure was. It sure was. Look, uh, you would have hoped that Yoshihashi would have get would, you know would have. I don't know. I was kind of hoping like the the break would give guys a, a chance to kind of take a look at themselves in the mirror a little bit, refresh themselves, give themselves a new coat of paint. Whew, same old, same old. And, and again, when we talk about Yoshihashi, and we, and again, we do joke about the old bag of socks thing. Um, it's not that he's not a good wrestler. It's just that he's there. He's just there. Um, and it felt like Bushi was doing him no favors either. Um, yeah, it's just uh, he's Yoshihashi, man. That's the best. The best I can give you. He's he is he is that just bag of bag of fucking socks, man. All right, well, we're going to come back to discuss Yoshihashi later, but yeah. I do want to give a shout-out to uh, Bushi's costume. He had quite an elaborate get-up for this one, like kind of mask rider in the skeleton suit thing. So even if his wrestling bores us to tears, he's got his cool outfit, so <laughs> he's got that going for his name. Okay, uh, next match was Sanada defeating Sho in 40 minutes, 43 seconds with the skull end. Uh, I thought this one was okay. I thought it was good. I, it. I thought Sho... Uh, okay... Sonata, I don't think his style of wrestling works with the MD Arena stuff because a lot of his offense are, you know, sort of gimmicky things like the Paradise Lock, where if there's no fans to react to that, then it just comes off very flat. But even though he lost here, I thought Sho was the standout performer in this match. And throughout this tournament, he has brought uh, intensity, he's brought passion. Hard hitting, he's you know the the power junior guy, and I I just think there's a lot of potential here. I know I I was on Team Yo before, but the shifts that show has been putting in this tournament, I'm I'm Team Show now, and yeah. it looks great. He's got the new look, you know. He's moved away from the sort of shiny gold outfits, um, idol Rapongi 3K gimmick thing, and he looks like a serious wrestler. Now. He's got you know the black trunks, the black hair. Um, I enjoyed his. He's had in these multi-man matches, some like post-match George Akin with Shingo. And he is the person that in this match, I came away, I think he made this match work because he brought an intensity and an urgency to the match that you don't usually get with Sonata. Yeah. He's, he's been a low-key MVP for me, show. Um, and you mentioned something about Sonata. And, and I think this holds true for a lot of, a lot, a lot of the guys. Um, I mean, they spent their entire careers. Um, well, let's put it this way: I don't think at any point did they think, "Wow, I got to really 
hone my empty arena wrestling skills, right? Um, everything they've done is built to uh, elicit reaction from fans. Um, I mean, and and you know, from day one of, of wrestling school, you know, slow down, uh, don't work so fast, you know, tell the story, blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, you know, now those same things. It's it's hard to to have that translate to an empty arena. Um, and and you, you mentioned Sonata, but you know, another guy that I feel like is in that same boat is Okada, where he's a master of big game, big match big you know um you know in, in, important spotlight matches you know they're all in front of they're, they're they're there to build and to and to um captivate an audience and it it does seem like it's like and again sonata is one of those guys too where you're like oh it really stands out the things that just don't resonate with an empty arena because he's been trained for X amount of years and has been wrestling for X amount of years, you know, obviously with people in the building. It's, 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 it is weird watching those empty arena matches um, and, and seeing that, especially for two guys that, you know, traditionally you're pointing a finger at and, and saying, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're top of the line workers. Let's circle back to show here. We've got a couple of questions. George says, show is a total star. I know people knock his hype, but if I can buy Ishii as a potential heavyweight champ, then I can totally buy show. And Anna says, where do you see show going after his match with Sonata? So you probably won't have seen this statement, but there was some uh, bad news that came from New Japan uh, well, less than an hour ago. Yo posted on his blog that he's had uh, he's got a torn ACL. Ooh. So Yo is going to be on the shelf for a long time. That's a really wow. serious injury. So it is terrible news, and, and you know we wish him all the best. Probably won't be seeing him until next year. We imagine, you know, maybe even best of the Super Juniors next year, which makes me think this could be the end of Rapongi 3K. So please talk to us a bit about how you think one his performances and his his direction prior to Yo's injury, and also now that Yo's been put out for, off, on the shelf for a while, what does this mean for Show? I mean that's crazy news, actually. Ah, that's really depressing news. I mean, when you're talking about an ACL, that's you know, I mean, you, we're used to hearing that in in your traditional sports, and yeah, you're right. It's it, that is a year. If it's a tear, oof, that's uh, that's a year. That's a year in the shelf. So yeah, Rapongi 3K is. Uh, you know, you would you we would have thought that that would have been a little bit more of a dramatic end, but I would think it. Yeah, I mean, just just where, where shows going, and it, it looks like shows all about the never title at this point, right? With Shingo um, and the interactions that they've been having these past couple of weeks. Yeah, you might you could put a, a nail in the coffin of Rapongi, I would think, um, and that sucks. Uh, bam. You hear you hear you hear an injury like that. That's 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 a long term thing, and what sucks is that, especially you know when you talk about pro wrestling, that that's that that's a spot, and, and you know that's that's something that you've worked and built to to have your position on on a card. You're out of sight, out of mind for a year. Now it could make for a pretty great comeback, you know, when he when he does return. But that, but again, think you about you could that. have him come back with Lij. Yeah, yeah, you could. 
That's a year. Man, that's a – you know, I got to be honest. One of the things that I was most concerned with in, in the back of my mind was these guys having three, four months off and then just hopping right back into the ring and, and being asked to perform at a very high level. And that usually equals a higher risk of injury. Um, yeah, particularly these muscular injuries. It happens in football as well when you have people who've had injuries that have ruled them out for several months at a time. When they come back, they – I guess, you know, the – the ligaments and the, the tendons they're not as supple as they were before and you know it takes a while to get that back and these kind of injuries are not common but more you're more susceptible to be getting them if you've been inactive for a long time do we know when when he hurt himself uh, i believe it was in the match with bushi i think there's a, a someone was saying this on twitter let me have a look uh just scrolling through here hmm. Because it did um, seem when like... When he does a... Uh, so this is James Parsons at Sexy Submarine. When he does a plancher about a minute into the match with Bushi, you can see him hobbling pretty badly afterwards. So maybe it was that. Yeah. And and you know what? Now that you mentioned that you really didn't see him after that. You know, he wasn't on a, any of these multi-man tags and, you know, expect, you know sp- specifically I'm remembering uh, the most recent show. Hmm. I can't. That's that. That's 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 tough news. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Yoshihashi get hurt too? Right. Yeah, he did as well. We don't have any news on that, but I've there rumors circulating that it's a potentially career-threatening one. But again, until I've heard some confirmation, I'm not. You know, I'm going to pump the brakes on that for now. But yeah, bad news. Yeah, it looked like his his leg got caught up underneath him, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and he was hobbling. The rest of that match, um, yeah, God, and that's what I was worried about. A little, and like I said, in the back of my mind, coming back hard from three months off. Ugh, terrible news. Terrible news, Joel. So, I mean, presumably, Roppongi three, the, the junior tag team titles will have to be vacated. Right. Any indication of what to do with those? Any anyone on the roster standing out to you as potential uh, inheritors or challengers for that? I mean, what ELP and and Ishimori first come to mind? I mean, Kanemaru and and Despi. Uh, I would think those two would be. I don't know first on my list, but um, those are the first two teams that come to mind. And again, it might not be a full fledged tournament. It might just be you know two teams that they deem as the number one contenders, and away you go. Um, yeah, but the, yeah, you, you can consider those belts vacated. And, um, if they haven't been announced already for um, the shows coming up, I think you'll you'll hear about it very soon. And back to show them, what do you think his ceiling is now? Do you think he is is, is he showing you enough to be con- in the mix for you know potential IWGP Heavyweight Champion, or do you think the height thing is still an issue? I do. I hate to say it, and it's funny because you're right. One of the things that st- stuck out like a sore thumb was Ishii and how everyone seemed to tower over him. Um, I, I, I even think even in the uh, Hiromo match, where Hiromo was almost like looking down uh, on him, uh, you know, just because he's taller than him. Um, yeah, but I think Heights is still an issue. I mean, I could st- absolutely see him with a never title without question. Um, could I see him with, um, 
intercontinental or U.S. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with either. But I just think height is just I don't. And and how do you get over that, right? I mean, you if you you can get bigger, but you, and how do you get taller? Um, and you would think his growth is that's the, that we're we're at where we're at with that. So unless they invent it's, some, <laughs> it's funny you just say that because we took Esther to the doctor this morning. It's nothing serious, but uh, they checked her weight and her height. And the, the last time we took her there, she was a little bit underweight, you know, as compared to the averages. But she's uh. on the in the fiftieth percentile for weight. So she's oh yeah yeah good good. She's normal weight now. The doctor. Talking to her, um, she's still a little bit small for her age, and I was like, "To what should we start stretching her then? <laughs> Why are you telling me that?" <laughs> right, like, how do you wait? Right, uh, again, what do you do? Get lifts? Um, that was a weird thing for the doctor to say. I would have been like, "What the fuck?" Um, yeah, but I, I think it's it, it, you know, I say it's an issue, but again, you look at Ishii. <laughs> I mean, he's a little bit more of a fire plug, um, and and built, you know, like a stocky heavyweight. But yeah, yeah. I, just, I, I, I think there's. I would like to see show now. Once he's done with the open weight, never stuff with Shingo. I I think there's a lot of potential in him having a run as a singles junior guy. You know, imagine him having a big title program with Hiromu or uh, an El Desperado or people like that. Ishimori. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it's it really depends on what they decide to do with that never title. Um, and in my mind, once you start challenging for that title, it's hard for me to think of you as just a junior. And I say that in quotes. Um, so yeah, because I, I guess title, like, like when sorry to interrupt when Osprey was challenging Ibushi for it uh, in right. uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Last year, then it, he he was still a junior at that point, but it was kind of like junior with an asterisk, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. And and again, Shingo's always been that guy that's been you know asterisks has been that sort of thing. So um, again, it, it it can be done. He can be a little, little bit little bit of a tweener going back and forth. But yeah, I mean, I think any of the of the secondary titles is is an absolute possibility for show. We had Taichi defeating Kota Ibushi in 18 minutes, 8 seconds with a black Mephisto. And again, I thought this was a good match. And I always really like the closing stretches for Taichi matches. Like when they were just kicking lumps out of each other. I thought that was really, really fun, really interesting. And just this whole thing with Ibushi, Taichi and Zack and Tanahashi. I think as a build to attack team title match it's been outstanding this is exactly what we've wanted for years so rather than me looking at this through the lens of uh, the quarterfinals of a singles tournament I'm looking at as also serving the function of building up this tag title feud and I think they've done a tremendous job with that so you know there's a there was a lot of run-ins and interference with Zach and, and Tanahashi and that but I thought it worked given that it's been a long-term build with these guys feuding over the tag belts I feel exactly the same way I feel exactly the same way. I'll take the the the, I guess in, in some people's eyes the you know, Abushi not having the the greatest uh, New Japan Cup or Zach or even you know any of the four, um, and I'll, I'll take that sacrifice, uh, knowing that for the first time in what feels like forever, we have actually have a, an exciting, interesting, um, fun tag team situation. Uh, for those titles, 
I mean, they look like they look like studs with those titles. You know what I mean? Like they look like they look like they've been have they they've had those titles for years, right? Um, and they look like a mainstay in, uh, in the tag division. So, nah, I'll, I'm will, I'm willing to take the loss for again what might be considered a disappointing New Japan Cup run for all four of them, knowing full well that it, you know there's a there's a there's a goal here, and that's an exciting tag tournament or not tournament, but tag situation. Just want to talk about Taichi briefly because he's got wins in this tournament over Tanahashi and Ibushi. Did that yeah. shock you? And do you think his stock has raised in this tournament for you? Has to be right. I mean, we. I mean, when we were doing our pickums, that was the big thing. Like, is New Japan going to give Taichi a a a a win like that? And we we mentioned, you know, uh, Tanahashi being okay with you know, lying down to a guy like like Will Ospreay, right? So um, I would, I, you know, you don't get wins like that and not have your stock raised. Um, I still let a giggle at people who, you know, just, just, just hand wave Tai Chi, and it's just like, I don't, I don't understand it. Like the guy's hat, I mean, if you're looking at it objectively, fantastic end of 2019, and, and he's, he's, you know, look, you're going to get bullshit with him, right? You're going to get some nonsense. Um, but I think overall, his production's been great. And I, I don't know, there is some, there is a little bit of joy watching people melt down when a guy like Tanahashi lies down for him. And the next match we had, uh, the main event was Evil defeating Hiroki Goto in 80 minutes, 25 seconds. Evil winning with the Evil. I expected more from this match. And I yeah. just... We're going to talk about Evil more later, but just with matches like this, he is a guy who I think is starting to. I'm starting to sell my stock in Evil because when you get matches that look good on paper, you're like, oh, this one should be good. I think Evil is going to, going to have a good performance here. And okay, with a caveat that it's empty arena and no one is really knocking it out of the park, with a very few exceptions here. It's just it's becoming a trend rather than an exception, isn't it? Where you get these matches with Evil and you're like, oh yeah, this is going to be good, and then you watch it and it's a bit disappointing and a bit flat like this. Yeah, I mean both those guys though. I mean traditionally we've we've laid the boots of Goto many times for just that very reason, and then you get two of these guys together, you know, in the same ring, and it, yeah, it, it, like on paper it feels like it should have been much better. And I and this is not to say that, that that match was terrible. It really wasn't. It, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm not into either of them. You know, there was really no rooting interest. My rooting interest was let's get through this. <laughs> yeah, that's never a good thing. Um, yeah, and it was a main event, though. It's just the way it was positioned. I expected more. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. I don't think you're the only one. Um, and again, you're right. It's it is empty arena. It is, but yeah. I mean, there is a certain threshold that that you would love to see for a New Japan Pro Wrestling main event, and I don't know if that one reached anywhere near where we thought it would be. Um, that being said, what? I, I mean, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag here early, but. Are you surprised that they have so much faith in evil? 
at this point? Mm, yeah, I was shocked by the fact that he he's gone all the way to the final. I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, but maybe we should stick a pin on that and okay. come back to that later in the show when we talk about his upset wins. Yeah, uh, and, and, and because again, I feel like I'm, I'm just shocked that the company still has puts a lot of faith in him at this point. But okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, let's, let's table that and we'll come back to that. So uh, Thursday, July 2nd, opening match, which I was surprised it was the opening match, was Hiromu Takahashi defeating Tomohiro Ishii, 19 minutes, 29 seconds, with a time bomb two. Big upset, big, big shock, because I thought this was going to be the point where Hiromu's run comes to an end. He's already beaten two heavyweights, and I thought Ishii would be a bridge too far, but it wasn't. And this, to me, this is my favorite match of the New Japan Cup so far. This is the blueprint for empty arena wrestling much like the show versus Shingo match was high pace high intensity they didn't work a, a traditional match structure that depended on involvement of the fans they just battered each other and I thought Hiromu and Ishii just both knocked it out of the park here just tremendous and I bought every single one of the near falls in that closing stretch you know when he landed the time bomb and Ishii kicked out of it and then all the near falls involving Ishii like he, he had that second rope suplex and I was just living or dying by every fall there it was so exciting and it was I think the only match in this tournament I would say where I forgot that it was empty arena yeah and one of the few anyway the 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 idea of Hiromo beating Ishii you know was a little bit uh, a little out there for a lot of people because again he's he's got to beat three heavyweights to make that happen um and again the two that he had i mean they're lower mid-card guys right yano may be a mid-card guy but hold on you know nobody's gives a fuck um this one was the shock and 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 ishii would hit like the big moves get in your fall hit another big move get in your fall and you're just kind of waiting for it to, to happen for the for the axe to fall and the fucker kept kicking out and kept kicking out and is building your hope. And trust me, in the back of my mind, you're, th- you're sitting there thinking, all right, well, the, you know, the carpet's going to get pulled out from underneath us and eventually one of these big moves is going to be it. Don't get your hopes up, right? And then fucking he gets I, – I, I mean, that was the first time in, in months, I mean, probably since Wrestle Kingdom, let's be truthful, where a finish of a match or closing stretch of a match at – actually got me out of my chair and got me whoa shit you know and uh excited again for pro wrestling um that that look uh, to me and again ishii is a guy who everybody kind of wants to point a finger at be like well why can't he be iwgb champion he should have had it blah, blah, blah. okay fair enough there are arguments there um but he is the ultimate gatekeeper. Let's let's be truthful, um, especially from a from 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 a babyface perspective. Um, the fact that New Japan had though the guts to to do that, I think, is is pretty telling. Um, that, that that again, that could have very easily have been an Ishii win, and then you got Okada Ishii, which. Look, nobody's ever disappointed with that. 
Um, and it would make perfect sense and, and no one would complain. No one, no one, I don't think would bat an eye, um, if Hiromu lost that match. Uh, but they did a gutsy thing and they made Hiromu that much more strong, um, and that much more of, of a name and that much more of a guy who's really going to carry that junior division for a long time. I think that's a significant win more than just a new Japan cup win. That's a, Okay, this guy is a stud win. <laughs> um, and again, to have a match with, with Okada after that, the next night, um, and, and have a really great match, in, in fact. Uh, again, I think this, this tournament it shows on, on that short list for MVP, but Hiromo's got to be <laughs> right there with the top, if, if, if not the top for MVP. Yeah, these traditional rules, well, unspoken rules that we have been used to in previous years with New Japan, like juniors always lose to heavyweights, that is starting to get turned on its head. And you can see just the slow burn with this story of the elevation of the juniors and Hiromu wanting to take on uh, the heavyweight champion as his junior champion, just, just bubbling away. And this win over Ishii has definitely poured a lot of fuel on that fire. And I just like the way that he used the time bomb to move to beat Ishii, which he hadn't used... Uh, since Wrestle Kingdom, which he used to defeat Will Ospreay, so that's like his his super move to uh, defeat people. You know, maybe that's his you know his heavyweight killer move. So I just I like the way that he he dug that one out of his pocket in this match with Ishii. Uh, we had a question from yeah. Biss. He says thoughts on the Hiromu and Ishii size difference or lack thereof. I mean, like I said, I mean it was pretty funny that Hiromu was looking down on Ishii. Um... One thing I wanted to bring up, though, the, the the maybe the biggest takeaway, Joel, is what you you mentioned when it comes to the juniors. I mean, one, um, the tag situation, um, a vast improvement. That's one takeaway you're you're getting from these New Japan Cup shows. Uh, and the second is is again even more of that blurring of the line of juniors and 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 heavyweights um, show. And once again, Hiromo. Um, it it was pretty pretty amazing how how um, look. I've always said that 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 line of uh, I, I, here's here's what it is. I think right now they're doing it the the right way in that there is this kind of middle ground where juniors can challenge for a, a heavyweight title. Um, but yet still maintain what makes the junior heavyweights very special in New Japan. Um, I wouldn't want a, a, to abolish the, the junior heavyweights. I think they're doing the right thing in having that little middle ground of, of guys who can kind of go up and down um, at a moment's notice. But yeah, I think I think the, one of the takeaways coming out of this is that junior heavyweight even more blurred, and, and I really like that a lot. Second match on the show was Evil defeating Yoshihashi in two minutes after referee referee stop. So, I mean, after I watched that Hiromu Ishii match, I was thinking, I do not envy Yoshihashi and Evil having to go out and follow that up. But then when they did the angle, and it was an angle more than a match, I thought, wow, that is brilliant booking because they've avoided, you know, having to have like a plodding 17-minute back-and-forth match that no one's really going to care about after that exciting opener. And it's added a bit of spice to... Uh, evil because now you're thinking hmm, he's showing this edge that you know he cheated to beat 
Goto, and now he's cheating to beat Yoshihashi, and he's living up to his name here. He's he's being evil, and I I found that really interesting. So I enjoyed this uh, segment or match, call it what you will, uh, but also now with the knowledge that Yoshihashi has what could be a very serious knee injury, it looks like it was forced upon them. Uh, and all things considered, I thought they made the best of a bad situation here. Yeah, on the fly booking, right? Um, they were dealt a bad hand. I think this this match would have been structured differently if the injury didn't occur. Um, it was quite obvious that Yoshihashi couldn't really do much. Um, so they've they killed three birds with one stone. Um, e- you know, getting evil to be evil. Um, one, two. Uh, getting evil the win that he was going to get anyway, uh, and three, getting Yoshihashi in and out of there um, without, you know, furthering. You know, he's, he's not going to work, be able to work a ten-minute match um, with with any success. He can barely do it with two good legs. <laughs> You're going to ask him to do it with one. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like I said, I I don't know if the match structure would have been the same. If, if the injury didn't occur, but a little on-the-fly booking. Um, it was smart. And here's the thing, too. It was, you know, anybody who had to follow that match, that Hiromu Ishii match, um, yeah, God bless him. But, yeah, two minutes, in, out, angle, couple chair uh, things to the knee, and, yeah, that's it. I just, again, look, I know it's pro wrestling, and I know... But man, how many ref bumps do we see in this tournament? It felt like every fucking match had a ref bump, number one. And number two, uh, again, evil with chairs right in front of the fucking ref. No disqualification. And then he hits a move and it's a win. Kind of like, what the fuck? All right, but two minutes, again, we had to get out of the situation, so I'm not going to hold it against them. No, you're right. And I do agree with you because that is something that we expect from Bullet Club uh, Jay White matches with Ghetto's interfering you expect it to some extent for Suzuki-gun in a Taichi match he is you know he'll bust out the claws or kick someone in the nuts but then if you've got Evil doing that as well then it's too much it's overkill although having said that the way that he did beat Yoshihashi did make me think that there was a decent chance of him beating Sanada the next night because I thought they were trying to tell a story and it would be weird if He's just done all this cheating against Goto and Yoshihashi and then just lost clean to Sanada. So it did uh, add a bit of in- intrigue to me for the semi-final match. Um, and then that brought us to Kazuchika Okada defeating Taiji Ishimori in 60 minutes 52 seconds with the Cobra Clutch. And yeah, just like we discussed about Okada, I think his style is one that has suffered from being in an empty arena. And he has changed it up in terms of his moveset. He's been more economical. Like, it's a kind of minimalist Okada. It's like, he knows there's no fans out there, so he's not going to kill himself putting on high-impact, high-paced matches. And, like, he's using the Cobra Clutch instead of the Rainmaker for whatever reason. You know, maybe because he he's fighting a load of juniors and, and old men and he thinks that they're below him and he doesn't have to use the Rainmaker against them. Uh... But again, just the, the the structure of the matches hasn't really changed. And when we have, you know, interference with Gedo in this match as well, it just like the extended heat segments where 
you know, Okada's getting beaten down. It just it doesn't work when there's no fans because there's no one cheering for him. So this match was a bit disappointing for me. Me too. Me too. Um, I know that they've had some history in the past um, when it comes to you know where they've come from. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like if you gave me this match on paper and told me that this was going to, you know, this was a possibility. I don't know. It felt like uh, I don't want to. I don't. I don't like it when people say that you know they left things on the table or because when when are they ever going to wrestle again? You know, it's not like Ishimori is going to be challenging anytime soon for any type of heavyweight title. Seems like there'll be quite a distance between the two for the foreseeable future. I don't know. I just you give me the those two names and you. I just thought. And again, look, a lot of this is I'm pining away based off of names. But again, are they going to go balls out in an empty arena when when realistically they don't necessarily have to? And there are guys that, you know, if you're in the main event, and we've seen plenty of matches. Um, I mean, Yuji Nagata is one guy where you could say, eh, you don't really have to do all that, but yet did it, and it was great. Uh, I don't know. It just felt like there was something missing, and I don't know if that was chemistry. I don't know if that was pace. I don't know if that was empty arena. Match structure. I don't know. It was it was something that was a little bit missing there. Main event was Sonata defeating Taichi in 22 minutes, 50 seconds with an O'Connor bridge. And I thought this one was good. Again, for me, Sanada, the success of his matches lives or dies on the quality of his opponent. If he has, because he doesn't do the strong emoting and he doesn't bring that urgency. So he needs his opponent to do that. So in the previous match, he had a very energetic underdog opponent in the form of show who was going to bring that pace to the match. Um, And in this Taichi match, he has an opponent who is going to do all the, emoting and bring the character work to the match and provide that foil for the kind of, you know, the po-faced, um, enigmatic Sonata, who is not a guy who's going to be doing the sorts of, you know, hamming up to the crowd like other people, other wrestlers are. So I thought in terms of the the dynamics between the two, it worked. And I thought this was a, a pretty good match, all things considered, even though, as I've said for a lot of these matches... The Sonata style doesn't work so well with empty arenas. I just repeat myself at this point, and it, it was too long. But um, what did you think of it? The problem I have with Sonata is this. I mean, countless, but let, let's add this to the list. There's nothing that he does that I buy. You know what I mean? There's nothing that he does that I, that like I'm like, oh, that looks like it could put somebody away. And I think that's a big problem for me. Yeah, um, I, I like his move set, his strikes. Don't look strong. He's got weak looking strikes. And then you put together his signature moves like the Paradise Lot, which is really hokey. The Skull Ends, which looks, you know, he's squeezing the top Terrible. of someone's head. Uh, right. The the Moonsault is not a particularly high impact move. He's just, he's lacking that move set that makes him look like he's hurting his opponent. Right. That Moonsault, he misses 50% of the time. Um, yeah, there's nothing that he does where it's like, oh, Okay. And that might have something to do with it. Like nothing looks impactful. Um 
I don't know. Look, I, th- I think, you know, here's, here's what I don't want, Joe. I don't want at the end of the day, when, when this is all said and done, and New Japan Cup is in the rearview mirror, I, I don't want to see, like, this better lead somewhere. Because if this leads to all guys just sh- in LIJ getting in the ring, shrugging their shoulders, and then fist bumping at the end, I'm going to be really fucking disappointed because we it feels like we've seen this every fucking tournament. Like, this better be the beginning of the end of somebody leaving um, and somebody doing something remotely interesting instead of being bottom feeders for LIJ. Um, look, Sonata's not for me. And he, there are, there, it, again, I, I, it was one of those things, especially ringing true in New Japan Cup is that he does nothing that's impactful. Okay, yeah, well, we're going to, again, touch on our predictions and hopes for that final match later on in the show. So let's uh, move along to night eight of the New Japan Cup, which was last night, and we're not going to go into too much... Well, I don't don't want to talk about the Mighty Man Tags at all. I've got nothing to say about them. Um, But this show was notable because part of it was on primetime TV Asahi. It was the first time in 34 years. And just one little takeaway from the opening matches was Gabriel Kidd, who I thought cut a really good post-match promo about his uh, encounter with El Desperado and Suzuki at a WCPW show four years ago in the UK. And as he, you know, he did some grappling with Suzuki, and he was talking about how he remembered that and about the junior division not being pushover. So I think that's one that's worth going out of your way to watch, just because you know a little bit something extra from the young lions and planting the seeds for future stories down the line. I'm always appreciative of that. Like, you know, I don't want to see all the stories exclusively for title programs. So it's great to see just, you know, a little long-term thing bubbling under with a young line. So good job to Gabriel Kidd with that. And I guess the the first notable thing from this show was the debut or the re-debut of Hirai Kawato or Master Wato, as he's now called, and we've got a lot of questions about this one, Damon. People have fired up about yeah. this. So, uh, Real Foreigner says, regardless of the debut not being in front of fans, why in the hell is his first feud with Doki? They're setting him up to be a lower card act from the start. Omar says, with Kawato returning after weeks of hyping up to face Doki, do you think New Japan don't hold him to high regards, or is it just circumstances? Also, what do you think his big program after Doki will be or should be? And Brian says, his master Wato, our new Bullet Club hunter, Yoshitatsu, what crime had he committed against Gedo to deserve this treatment? And Ben says, is Doki versus Kawato New Japan's version of live-action role-playing? So, you go first, Damon. What were your thoughts watching this? Uh, I couldn't believe it. I really could not believe it. First, uh, and I'm going to hold out on the on the gimmick itself because we haven't seen. I mean, we've you know we saw him come out, and, and, and it is what it is. And it's you know until we kind of see it in action, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve judgment. It's not off to a promising start. Uh, you've spent three weeks, four weeks, how many weeks it was? It's been with these videos where you know feet are dancing in between bamboo trees, and you know, every show had these videos. And then you do the final video, you introduce him, uh, and then the house lights dim and he's coming out. And even the uh, announcers were thrilled and, you know, it seemed like an exciting moment. Then he hits the ring, he cuts his little promo, does his little hand gesture, and is 
destroyed by a guy who arguably is at best, you know, a guy who's going to be eating pins in six man tags for Suzuki Goon. Um, if you were to, to rank Suzuki Goon members, Doki's at the bottom of the list. And what you've done is you got a guy who you've built up. And I and I struggled. I, I actually like thought, have I ever in my, in my history of watching pro wrestling, have I ever seen anything like that? Where it was video, you know, vignettes and, and hype videos, and then have the person come out and get destroyed. Not by a mid-carder, not by, uh, you know, somebody to tie on the card, not by, you know, like by a bottom feeder. And, and, and let's be clear, destroyed. Uh, I understand that there is the storyline with uh, Mexico and Doki not, you know, taking lightly uh, or you know, not not taking kindly to a lot of the guys coming over for excursions and, uh, you know, what do they call? Was he called him a hipster luchador or something along those lines? Um, I understand that, but know that Doki is who Doki is, and this is not a heat up of Doki. Let's 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 be very clear on that. Um, this has to, and, and I know they have a match scheduled, right? They, they, they did sign a match for Dominion, right? Um, it has to be, it has to be a squash match that Kawada wins. Has to be. Because if not, you're basically telling me, and, and which was pointed out in those questions, that he is a lower mid-carder. Lower mid-carder. You know, you talk about, you know, in, in the cup where, uh, you know, guys should be beating guys in under ten minutes because because they should. Like you know, uh, and again, I'll give you an example. Uh, 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 Tanahashi should be, be beating Taguchi in under ten minutes or something along those lines. You get my point. The, the point that you made. If he doesn't do that, though, if 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 this is like a long <laughs> longer than five minutes, I mean, you've established that that was it now master. What was he called? Master who? Master Watto. Uh, yeah, Master Watto. Well, Master Watto is going to be mid-card Watto uh, if uh, he doesn't squash Doki and, and establish the fact that he's not some mid-card J-Brone. Let me play devil's advocate here. When we were watching Kawato as a young lion, he had good connection with the crowds, but his whole thing was that he was the, the goofy baby face who would bite off more than he could chew and, and get battered and just look like a bit of a geek, right? So what when he went off for excursion, what were you expecting when he came back? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, I was expecting a... Oh, let's put it this way. I don't know what gimmick I was expecting, but I'll tell you what I was expecting in, in, in regards to position on a card. Only because... Look at look at the, the past history in the in, in the past five years. Jay White, Evil, Hiromu. I mean, these guys are being brought back and you know, showing yo. I mean, they're look, they're they're being brought back more than lower mid card guys, that's for sure. And 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 by no means were any of those guys that were brought back destroyed by you know, somebody like Doki. You know what I mean? Like it's just like it, I, it blew my mind that why would you wouldn't it be the other way around? Wouldn't wouldn't Doki try to attack and then 
Kawato is, you know, not only beats that 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 attack, but you know, destroys Doki to show his his dominance and what he's learned or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it just made no sense to have him get destroyed like that. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt because like you mentioned before, there is the underlying story with Doki and his grudge against the Lucha hipsters. So if you were going to pick an opponent, an opponent given that Kawata's just come from Mexico, then to me, Doki makes sense, just given that history that they both got in Mexico. And the fact that he jumped him with a steel pipe, you know, it wasn't as if they had a, a fair one-on-one fight in the ring and uh, Kawata got destroyed. So I just think I will reserve judgment until I've seen this Kawato-Doki match and... I, I'm okay with how it was presented so far because I, I was always my understanding was that Kawato was, you know, a bit of a goofy guy. I wasn't expecting him to be skyrocketed to, you know, the upper echelons of the card. Not yet, at least. So, yeah, I w- I'm very much wait and see at this point. All right, I, I, I mean, you, you're taking it better than I am. Um, I again because I can't. If somebody can help me. I can't remember in the history of, of watching pro wrestling, having a guy debut. And again, it's not like the four horsemen are beating up, you know, Magnum TA. This is Doki, <laughs> with all due respect. Okay, let's go to the next match on the card, which was Evil defeating Sanada in the semi-final after 20 minutes, 13 seconds with the Evil and Evil advancing to the New Japan Cup final. So, a few questions here. Brian says, do you think there's an audible call during the Sonata Evil match and the result was changed due to Sonata injury? Uh, I heard a lot of speculation about this with Sonata having a bad shoulder, uh, but Sonata does have a match scheduled at the final, so it can't have been that bad. And I certainly I don't think it would have been bad enough for them to decide on the fly during a match, oh, let's change the booking of the New Japan Cup and have you go through to the finals instead of me. Like, I, don't, I don't think they did that. No, but um, I don't think so. I, I think there definitely was. I'm going to be kind to Sanada here and say that something was wrong because he was really sloppy in this match. Like there was that bit when he was doing like the the Shiranui, the slice bread number two, and he just completely fucked up and landed on his head. And at that point, I was ready to just lay into him and be like, "This guy cannot hang with the top guys in New Japan. He's slower than everyone else. His execution isn't as crisp as everyone else. He's he hits weaker than everyone else, and he, sh- he shouldn't be there." Blah 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 blah. But Again, I'm feeling generous today. Maybe he was hurt, so I'm just going to add that those mitigating circumstances to this match because this match I didn't think it was great for a New Japan Cup semi-final. I expected more from this. Uh, look, you, you saw the same thing I did, and that was like, like he went into that turnbuckle. <clears throat> here's here's like I watched it twice that particular spot, and he went into that corner. And he like he stutter steps. Like how is I don't understand how that is injury related. Like he went into that all as if he he was bailing out of going into that corner. You know what I mean? Like I, like I'm not gonna say he was scared or anything like that, but like it like there was hesitation. Like he didn't hit the corner with any um, confidence. It felt like. Um, and I don't maybe maybe that is injury really you know maybe maybe he you know he going into that corner he felt 
something wasn't going to go right, right? And and the injury being the cause of that. I don't know, but it but it looked like it was more to do with his timing and his feet and his um agility, I guess. Uh so yeah, that that had me scratching my head too. Look, again, I I said it earlier. This, this there has to be some an end result here, where either Sonata leaves, Eva leaves. Okay, whatever. so let, let me jump in there because we've got a lot of questions here, and so maybe this can lead on to your thoughts. So Flynn says, seeing Eva be an absolute bastard to poor Yoshihashi makes me really want to see him in a heel role as it would refresh his act. I just don't see him as a fit in Suzuki Goon or Bullet Club. Do you think it would be better to have some heels as unaffiliated to factions so they can be low wolf style? Mark says, if this evil Sonata issue escalates, who do you see leaving LIJ? Evil Sonata or both, and where do they go? Personally, I think evil will be a good fit for Suzuki Goon as they need more beef. Chris says, with his newfound evilness, do you see evil leaving LIJ? I can't see him tagging with Sonata after this. And Jason says, what do you do with Sonata now? I figure the story was he loses to Naito and turns post-match. So yeah, evil continued his cheating ways there. He punched Sonata in the dick and he said he's you know, going to do whatever it takes to win. Um, I find uh, other people speculating that with Bullet Club not having a credible heavyweight in Japan at the moment, that evil could be a guy to jump. And you know the way that he's wrestling and the cheating does kind of fit with their cheating style, as it were. So what do you think they should do with this? And what do you think they will actually do? Because there have been times before where we've speculated and thought, oh, well... Yeah, I think there's going to be a new faction here, or this guy's going to go to this faction, and it very, very rarely happens. So right. I can't really say with any confidence that I think it will happen, but I think it should. I do too. I think if anybody needs, as we call it, the new coat of paint, it might be evil. Um, we've always said that the gimmick probably does him more harm than good at this point. Um, again, I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want to see again. I don't want to see at the end of this show where Naito is in the center of the ring and all the other LIJ members are there, and it's okay. Everybody's got their fist in the air, and there's hesitation, and it's okay. Well, you know, we'll let bygones be bygones during the tournament, and back back fists in the air. Like I don't want to see that. I've seen that seventeen thousand times already. Um, G ones, New Japan Cups. I'm over it. Um, would you be into evil Naito feud? Mm, it very much feels like a placeholder thing, you know. Like if we do get an evil versus Naito main event for Dominion, that feels like the sort of thing that you're only doing because you got three and a half thousand fans there. That in a event that's going to sell out regardless i don't see evil in his current form as a credible threat to um, the the biggest title in the business no right here's the problem i have though even if you did did do something along the lines of the bullet club thing he's still the same guy in the same position just we're just moving him to a different faction like it's not like he's becomes elevated i mean the feud will be hot you know i guess right but after that's done what what do you do with him? He's gonna be he's gonna be he's gonna be evil in Bullet Club. Um, yeah, it's the same as Sonata, like he's just got a lot of moves that take me out of the match. Like this the silly assisted spots that he does with the referee and the stupid right. thing with the chair 
you know, hitting like a, a baseball off the other guy. It just it feels like a checklist of goofy spots rather than actual offensive manoeuvres that you would use within the context of a wrestling match. Right. I mean, look, to me, and I don't want this to be shitting on LIJ Day, but to me, they're two of the most uninteresting guys in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Because, again, we we somebody just laid out an entire scenario and and that's going to be I'll give you I'll give you the benefit of the doubt that's going to be a good couple months if they do do something with evil and he turns and leaves and all that stuff then what then what do you do with the dude like to me he becomes middle of the pack bullet club which he's middle of the pack not even I mean if you're looking at LIJ right now it's Naito Hiromo probably right right on his heels, and then it's you know everybody else. Um, I I would have Shingo as a clear mm, number yeah. three ahead right. of Evil and Sonata. Right, I would too. And again, people are going to point. Oh, he's you know Sonata's super over in Japan. Okay, all right. I don't know. I just two guys that really. I feel like there's there's not much steam left in, in either of these two. They need a new coat of paint big time. Um, I, I think Evil could use a new gimmick. That might be something that you would do. Um, but as as of right now, just moving him to Bullet Club is, okay, you're going to have a hot month, and then, and then Evil Bullet Club. That's what you got. Lest we forget, David, that Evil is also a never openweight six-man title holder. So My bad. I don't know if that's going to throw a wrench into the works of him leaving LIJ. I mean, I, I was discussing this with Nicole earlier, and she said you could just freebird it. You know, if he quits LIJ, then you just have Bushi Shingo and Sanada as the six-man champions uh, rather than Evil. So I don't think that is a serious obstacle in the way of Evil leaving to join another faction or form another faction. But again, I d- we'll come to it when we preview Dominion. But I, I just can't help feeling that we're just going to get. Evil versus Naito, and then they just they all fist bump at the end. <laughs> the whole thing's forgotten. But uh, anyway, let's move on to the other side of the bracket, which was Kazuchika Okada defeating Hiromu Takashi in 27 minutes via referee stoppage. And I said on Twitter, I thought this was good, but it wasn't great, especially compared to the Hiromu Ishii match the night before. I mean, somehow this match went 27 minutes, but never really got into that fifth gear that I was so hoping for and I know you sort of poo-pooed this idea before about leaving stuff on the table but it did feel that exactly the words you use that they were holding something back and maybe uh, planting some seeds for a, a rematch somewhere down the line because Hiromu didn't tap and at the end uh, Okada gave him that very sort of patronising attaboy promo you know, like the, the pat on the head. Oh, well done. You, you gave it a good shot, kid. Now fuck off back to your junior division. So that was the kind of vibes I got. And then he, he you know, he did, Okada did specifically say in his post-match stuff that if you want to have that big junior champion versus heavyweight champion match, then you can have it with me in the future, not with Naito. So it did feel that they were, like I said, just set, sowing those seeds for... Hiromu versus Okada rematch somewhere down the line, as well as Hiromu versus Naito. So I felt, even though the match did disappoint me somewhat, uh, there's plenty of smoke there. See, I really like this match. Um, and and if that's the case where they did leave stuff on the table, then God bless them. 
because that's that that rematch is going to be pretty fucking special. Um, I like the match a lot. Again, I think a lot of the empty arena criticisms that we've had and and laid on Okada a little bit. Um, and again, no doing of his uh, you know of his own. It's it is what it is. Um, some of that shine through. Um, it wasn't as reckless a match as maybe people might have wanted, um, especially when it came to Hiromo's offense. But I really liked the match. I liked the way, the way it was laid out. Um, I think both those guys are really special. I th- I thought the match um, had an energy and it had a, a feeling. Like for the first time, it felt like a really special match. Um, and it, like, like an important match. Um, it, it felt like champion versus champion, even though it wasn't. Hmm. Again, I think a lot of the criticism that I would have for this match would be that the, again because of the empty arena. But honestly, I felt like that those those fifteen. How long do you say ago? Sixteen minutes? How long? Um, the whole match was twenty seven minutes. Twenty seven minutes. Oh, okay. It didn't feel like twenty seven. Like there was at no point that I, was I looking at my phone, right? And that's really like the, the judgment. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was boring. It was just it, to me, it lacked that that crazy bit at the end that we got in Hiromu versus Ishii but we didn't get in this I didn't feel at any point that Okada was in serious danger of losing I know they had that little bit where he was about to get hit by the time bomb too and then he sort of wiggled out of that and transitioned it into the tombstone so maybe I'm sort of talking myself out of it but uh, I don't know what do you think of the 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 Cobra Clutch Okay, I'm glad you said that because we've got questions about this as well. So Eric says, is getting a submission over the only thing Okada just can't do? I wouldn't mind a new submission finish, but not another awful Cobra Clutch variation. I guess we'll keep this one until crowds are back so we can see how they react. And David says, Skull End or Okada's weird Cobra Clutch? What is worse? What is worse? I know it's harsh, but both moves look so bad that I can't buy them as convincing finishes. Um, I thought it... It had been built up well throughout this tournament. The fact that he'd used it to put away all these other guys and the way he used it against Hiromu where he hit him with the two, I think it was two, maybe three lariats before locking it in again and you know, choking the life out of him was effective. But I think it needs to be a bit, it's got to look more painful and more snug and more vicious and you know, sort of wrench it in a bit tighter because at the moment it looks a bit weak to me. Yeah, I feel like like when when Hiromo goes for the arm bar, you know that, that to me that looked a little bit more dangerous than the Cobra Clutch. Uh, again, it's pro wrestling; you can get any move over if you give it enough time. Doesn't look devastating, does it? Um, skull end is worse. Skull end looks like anybody with any athletic ability could just slide their head out <laughs> you know uh, this one at least looks like you're you're locked in neither of them are doing it for me though um he does struggle with that doesn't he um submission finishers i don't know why um but nothing really looks all that devastating again it's conditioning it's 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 educating fans but yeah, it doesn't seem to be pale to it because he did it I remember at the back end of 2017 in all the road to the Tokyo Dome shows yeah. I remember specifically 
against Hiromu, actually. I think it was uh, Okada Osprey versus Naito Hiromu to obviously set up that Okada Naito match. And there was the bit where he was uh, using the Cobra Clutch to choke out Hiromu in front of Naito to send him a message. If I've, I, might, I might be misremembering that. So I thought, okay, so he's building this up and it's going to be a big spot during the Wrestle Kingdom 12 main event. And it wasn't. I don't think he used it at all. So it's just, it seems that it's he's sort of doing it on a whim. He's like, okay, I'm going to run with this submission for a bit. But there's if this does end up leading into a big uh, near fall at you know, a big event like a King of Pro Wrestling or, or, or even the Tokyo Dome, then fair enough. But he's got to stick the course. He's got to keep with it. I know we said it looks rubbish. Oh, you want but... Yuri? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's got to be a payoff to it. Yeah. Again, it, it feels like it's what would normally... I, I don't want to say it's a tra- transition move. But here's the thing. You know, all Japan... I mean, they got over a fucking headlock. You know what I mean? Or chin lock. So... You know, I, I, again, you, you can get over any move. I just, yeah, it, does, it just doesn't seem to, like, it just doesn't look like. Here's the thing. Like, to me, the the the, the pseudo Rainmakers that were delivered before the Cobra Clutch looked more finish off pro wrestling match than, like, it felt like almost anticlimactic when he locked in the Cobra Clutch. Um, after it was all said and done, so, eh, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, right now it's it's falling a little flat for me too. Chris asks, after the Hiromu Okada match, what's the biggest show you could realistically have the junior title headline? Huh. Good question. Um, Dontaku. Haven't we already had it headlining? I, I, I seem to recall yeah, no. a Kushida. No, wasn't there a Ishimori Will? Dragon Lee match that headlines? Yeah. I think that was a Don Taco. Anyway, I'd have to look that up. But a show like that, you can you can do it. You can do a B show um, and headline. It's got to be a sexy match. Like here's the thing: I think Hiromo right now can headline. I don't want to say just about any show, but like any of the B shows. You could absolutely put Hiromo in um, to headline that show. I don't. I don't think there's there's any B show that where I, I wouldn't feel confident in it doing well with Hiromo on top. So, given Hiromu's performance in the New Japan Cup against heavyweights and all the talk about him facing heavyweight champion, give me percentage likelihoods that you think we see. Junior champion Hiromu Takahashi facing heavyweight champion Naito Okada, whomever, in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom next January. Twenty percent. I don't see that. Can you see that headlining the dome? I can't. I think there's a non-zero possibility. I, I would say, yeah, maybe twenty. I'd probably go slightly higher, maybe thirty-five. A tentative thirty-five percent. I just think the way they keep talking about it, we've had multiple wrestlers talking about it. That, as it was last year with the double title thing, I think it's more than just chat. Yeah, I mean, yes. Here's the thing. 
I think they have a long way to go to recondition people that juniors are that credible, especially against a heavyweight. Um, they got a long way to go. Uh, he, and again, Ishi uh, an Ishi win is is the first step of 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 a long journey that Hiroma would have to take to uh, reeducate fans, or that that he would be a uh, serious challenge. Because I think it's a big thing that sell that's that's what sells tickets. The seriousness of that challenge uh, on top. And so that means he he would have to get some very serious big wins for that dome main event to be a reality. And I just don't think they have the time to do that right now. Well, anyway, hopefully that was the last empty arena show that we have from New Japan. Fingers crossed all stays well. Uh, because it's been a bit of a struggle for me, Damon. There have been right. very few matches where I was able to switch off that part of my brain like I said, Hiromu Ishii, uh, Sho versus Shingo, Nagata Suzuki, those were all ones where I was able to momentarily forget that it was an empty arena thing. But uh, how, how have you found it? Um, if I'm given a, a letter grade, um, I'm given a, a B. Um, all things considered, uh, there are matches that I really enjoyed. Let's put it this way. To me, I think they've had some of the better empty arena shows in all of pro wrestling. Um, there are matches that stood out. I think Nagata and Suzuki, I think Hiromo and Ishii, um, you know, those two come, and I even think Hiromo and, and, and Okada, I think show is in, you know, on that list. Um, there are matches that I think were really good, uh, given the handcuffs that they, they were placed in. So, again, these were easy watches. Joel, how great, for at least for me anyway, on the East Coast. Six o'clock in the morning comes. I wake up. I go downstairs, take a piss, get something to drink, hop right back into bed, turn on the TV, and I'm watching New Japan Pro Wrestling for, for an easy two hours. None of these shows went four hours. Two hours, you're in, you're out, and you're seeing some pretty decent pro wrestling, all things considered. So, uh, I'm going to give it a solid B. Kid Kilowatt says, now that we've seen everyone in the New Japan Cup, who do you think benefited the most and the least from the time off? From the time off? Good question. Um, well, least Yoshihashi. Um, and again, I wish injury on no one. Let me make that very clear, but it's a very Yoshihashi thing for him right now, isn't it? Uh But I think from an overall perspective, uh, I'm going to say show probably benefited the most. Um, I think a guy like Abushi, like anybody, like Zach, um, probably took a took a back seat only to further the tag situation, and I'm okay with that. Um, Hiromu. Got to come out of this looking better, right? Um, I mean, again, he was only tapped on the shoulder once, but even Tenzan, right? Um, you can see how well that the, the, those three months helped him. 
Yuji Nagata too. So, Makabe yeah, I think as the well. Makabe. Yeah. So the, I think the dads, you know, like I said, they were only tapped on the shoulder once or twice to go. Um, you know, they 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 loved every minute of those three months off. That's damn sure. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the Lions Break Collision show last night, which, uh, Damon, I know you haven't watched yet, but... Uh, I was sleeping. You were sleeping, <laughs> yeah, but I watched it. Very easy watch. Uh, it was only about 40 minutes long, so really enjoyable show. Um, also known as the Carl Fredericks show, because, uh, well, we've got a question from Shingo Starters. Now that Carl Fredericks has graduated from the Young Lion ranks, how horny of a wrestler will he be? And, like, this whole show, Damon, was just built around Carl Fredericks. It opened yeah. with that uh, interview with Kevin Kelly, and I think that set the scene for, you know, the kind of push that this guy's getting. Um, so we had an opening match with Clark Connors and Alex Coughlin going to a 10-minute draw, and now that Clark Connors has grown his hair out, he looks very much like Woody Harrison, which was quite <laughs> distracting, um, right. but really good match, high pace, high impact, high intensity. You could tell these guys were just raring to go to, to get in that ring and put shows out for people to watch, and uh, we had Connors for, give a, a backstage promo afterwards. He's saying he's not, he doesn't want to be the last guy to graduate from the dojo and says he's going to win, and I quote, every gosh darn match there is, which is Aww. adorable. And then we, <laughs> even in this tiny show with two matches, we still got an intermission on a pre-tape two-match <laughs> show. It was great. We, we had the LA Dojo boys doing uh, an ad for the Gekyo Jikun, the, the magic sponge thing, which is hilarious. Definitely worth checking out. And then in the main event, we had TJP and Carl Fredericks defeating Jeff Cobb and Rocky Romero. Carl Fredericks getting the pin over Rocky after 10 minutes and 18 seconds with mm-hmm. a backslide. So he's got a new look. He's got a new outfit, Carl, uh, which was actually designed by uh, our friend Tapler. So he, ah. he's looking great. He hasn't had this excursion like a lot of young lions do. And it makes me think, would he have beaten Kenta if he was set to appear during the New Japan Cup, no longer as a young lion? I wonder if they really would have strapped the rocket to him and let him defeat Kenta in his first match as a non-young lion. And I'm just mm-hmm. curious as to what his push is going to look like. Is it going to be like on the level of you know, someone like a Jay White who debuted first match back was challenging Tanahashi for the Intercontinental title at the Tokyo Dome? And admittedly he lost that, but then the next month he beats Kenny Omega clean for the US title, goes on this long run with the US title for half the year, and then a year later he's IWGP heavyweight champion. So it just I'm, I'm really curious as to how all in they are on a guy like Carl Fredericks and in this match he looked great they did a really good job setting up a future Carl Fredericks versus Jeff Cobb match because they, they two were going at it afterwards and then he, he also delivered a really good post-match promo he said that he's an alpha and he won't submit to anyone's leadership like talking about factions I thought it was a really great promo he just looks like the total package to me Damon like if you were to make a checklist like the criteria for a guy who's going to be a star he's a hunk he's tall he's cocky um, at the very least he's a good wrestler I mean we, it's maybe too early to say you know how he will do in uh, serious you know main event extended matches he's charismatic he can cut a promo sky's the limit for this guy so all in all it's just very very good opening show easy watch quality wrestling set up future stories highly recommend it nice and you said uh, easy watch you said the, all things considered maybe 40 minutes you said if you're just watching the matches 
10 minutes, 20 minutes, so 10 minutes for the opening oh. match, 10 minutes, 18 seconds for the second match. But again, I do recommend watching the, the adverts and the promos. So yeah, the whole thing was about 40 minutes. Give me, give me a letter grade on production. Um, A, it was really good. Very, very wow. slick, very professional. Nice graphics. Okay. Nice. All right, look. I mean, that's exciting, actually. And, and here's the thing, that they're smart enough to use the 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 cards they have been dealt. I mean, I don't know if this was in the in the works before travel restrictions and all that, but what a platform, right? And, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. Weekly, right? This is going to be a weekly show. Yep, that's right. That's oh, and full commentary with uh, Kevin, Chris, and Gino. Great. Look, that's smart. It really is. It's a re- it, again. It's just a it's just a vehicle to help get these guys over. I, I love it. I think the I think it's a fantastic idea. And look, everybody's everybody had already circled Carl, especially after the Young Lions Cup. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's he, imagine imagine if he pulled out the fucking upset over Kenta. Talk about the rocket. That would have been something else. Good. All right. I, I, I definitely will catch that today then. Uh, again, 20 minutes. I, I can handle that. No problem. Good. Good job by them. Good. Okay. So we got a card for the New Japan Cup final, which will be Saturday, July the 11th at Osaka Joe Hall. So first match, we got Tomoaki Honma and Togi Makabe. Great bash heel against the Young Lion team of Yuya Uemura and Yota Suji. So, you know, you would expect a Honma Makabe win there. And then the second match, you got Satoshi Kojima and Hiroshi Tenzan, Tenkoji, taking on team of Gabriel Kidd and Hiroki Goto. So I wonder, Damon, with those two uh, seasoned, experienced tag teams due to get a win, do you think they are possibly being set up as future heavyweight tag title challengers? Mm. Well, until we get the, the the other troops in, you know, they got to gotta find something, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I would not be surprised to see that in the very near future. Third match, we have Master Watto against Doki. So we're hoping for what? Like a five-minute squash from Master Watto to show all his great martial arts kicking moves and looking like a million bucks here? I mean, look, I, I don't, it doesn't have to be a squash, Joel, but it's got to be a dominant win. I feel like it has to be a dominant win. Or, again, what's the point? Um, yeah, but under five, dominant win, and let's get this, let's get this back on track. Fourth match, we have Bushi and Sanada versus Taiji Ishimori and Yujiro Takahashi. I don't know. That's not a particularly interesting match to me. It doesn't, <laughs> right. doesn't look like it's going to be setting anything up, but there you go. <laughs> Got you right. to fill up the space somehow. Yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly what it is. Uh, fifth match, we have Yusuke Taguchi, Yuji Nagata, Kota Ibushi, and Hiroshi Tanahashi against Suzuki Kuntima, El Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., and Taichi. So... Again, we're sort of continuing this feud with Nagata and Suzuki. And also, it's a preview for Ibushi Tanahashi against Zack and Taichi. So, yeah, not a great deal to say about that. Sixth match, we have Sho, Yano and Ishii against Hiromu, Shingo and Naito. And then our seventh match is the New Japan Cup final, Kazuchika Okada versus Evil. So, Damon, what are your expectations for this match? Because... They've met each other three times in the past. Uh, two G1 matches and one King of Pro wrestling match. And Okada... No, I, I think there might be more than that. Actually. I think it might be three G1 matches. I think... 
I don't know. Let me look it up. I haven't done the research. Three and one, right? Yeah, I think... Three and one. I think Okada's three and one, yeah. Okay, so uh, they have had good matches in the past. I thought last year's G1 match was really good. I thought their G1 match in 2017, where Evil got the shock win, was very good as well. Um, Yeah, this one is, is interesting because... I could see it going either way. I don't want to see Okada versus Naito in a third for Osaka Joe Hall, but I wouldn't rule it out because, you know, you could see New Japan doing that as, you know, the big comeback thing. You know, these are these are our two top boys going out for the top prize. Yay, everyone, this is our, you know, flagship content. But I don't want to see that. That would be disappointing to me. I would like to see Eva win. I think the match could be really good. I think the fact that I don't know who's going to win automatically makes me more interested in the match because, you know, if you have Evil challenging Okada for the heavyweight title at King of Pro Wrestling, you know Evil's not winning. You know Evil's not going to be having that title into Wrestle Kingdom. So that does limit your enjoyment and the excitement going into the match. But the fact that it could go either way definitely adds a bit of spice to this. Uh, you know, are we going to see Evil going back to his cheating ways and going for punching a carter in the balls and using chairs and all that almost certainly uh yeah what what are your thoughts going into this one if it's gonna happen where evil gets to win it's gonna happen on a show like this right um you're right if 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 okada's holding championship there's no nobody believes evil's gonna walk away with the title um so if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen on a show like this and i think it will I mean, I think, uh, and again, only because I feel like it can. I mean, look, you're right. It, it would be the smart money to say, go with the two biggest stars, you know, in the company in Japan right now. Uh, put that on top, and and away you go. Um, I kind of want to see something happen with evil. I, I want to see something happen with evil. That I think that's the, the most important thing for me. Like to me, if if evil loses this match, I think I think you're actually in worse shape than, than if you if he wins. I feel like he has to win because because the the question then comes: if he loses, now what do you do with him? Now now where is he? Um, at least if they continue on with, okay, he beats Okada, challenges Naito, some kind of shenanigans, some kind of bullshit, whatever the case may be. Not saying evil wins, but turn or whatever the case may be. Just to give something fresh for evil, I think is the most important thing coming out of this cup right now. Um, Him losing to Okada is going to do him no favors. And we also have three matches, well, semi-confirmed for Dominion, July 12th, the next day. So we will have the IWGP Heavyweight and IWGP Intercontinental Double Championship match with Naito facing either Evil or Okada. So we're both going for Evil here and Naito to retain his title, but some sort of shenanigans, hopefully Evil breaking away from the faction. That's what I'm going to go with. Now, whether that happens or not... <laughs> But, yeah, that's what I'm going to go to the bank with. Yeah, I just can't shake the thing. You know, we didn't... After WrestleKingdom, we didn't get the big LIJ roll call. You think we're getting roll call? Mm. Oh, boy. <laughs> it, which is weird, because I I wanted one on January Not 5th. Not here. But I don't want one now. 
but no. we'll see. Uh, we also have two other matches confirmed. We have got the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with Tanahashi and Ibushi defending against Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr., which really excited about. Uh, you know, if you do have evil in that main event and you're going to have shenanigans and ball punching and chairs and that, then this can be your, you know, your purest match. And I'm excited okay. about this for the first time. I'm looking forward to heavyweight tag team championship match. I don't care who wins. I'd be happy with either team winning. I'm looking more forward to the tag title match than I am the, uh, the heavyweight title match, no matter who it is. Um, now, that doesn't mean there's not going to be bullshit. It is Suzuki going. Let's keep in mind. It is Taichi. Keep that in mind. Um, but I'm, again, to me, this is – it's fresh. It's fun. Uh, we when, when New Japan was put on pause, that was one of the biggest disappointments is that we weren't getting that because it was building up nicely to it. Um, yeah, I think that I think that match will be great. I think that'll pay off for a while. Any prediction who you see winning that? <sighs> it could go either way. I I, I I I would not be shocked to see Zach and, and Taichi win them. Would not be shocked at all. Uh, in the same breath, I would not be shocked to see them successfully defend. I'm going to say new champs. Because here's the thing, you're not going to see a new heavyweight champion. So th- there's there's going to be a title change on this show. Um, so I'll go to the tags. I'll say new champs. And the third match we have confirmed is never openweight championship match with Shingo Takagi defending against Sho. So do you think wow. okay. this is the moment where they pull the trigger on Sho or do you think he falls short? I think this is a false short, but he'll look strong. He'll be strong. Um, but again, in the same breath, it would not shock me if he did win. Uh, I don't think. I don't think right now, though. And again, I'm not going to lose sleep either way. Um, both guys could could easily hold. You know, I mean, I don't think you're losing anything. Uh, but we'll we'll let Shingo hold on to that for a little bit longer. All right. Well, maybe we can dip into a few questions. Uh, you let right. me know when you need to get out of here, Damon. Uh, Cure for Optimism says, how badly is the person that thought the Ask ZSJ hashtag was a good idea uh, getting beaten right now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> a big failure in reading the room, for sure. Uh, <laughs> yes. Woo. Yep. Yep. We'll leave it at that. Look, I think... Uh, yep. You ever have something happen in your life and it's just like you see it unraveling, like somebody pulling the string on the sweater? It had to be a little bit of a panic. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, there you go. Keeping it strong, Sal says, if you could buy one piece of NJPW memorabilia, what would you buy? Cash is unlimited. I, I, I always wanted something ring-worn from Liger, whether it was uh, you know the mask or the complete outfit or uh, a shoelace. I didn't give a fuck. Uh, and I never, never, never found a way to make that happen. So it would probably be that. Anything, something else? Maybe like, a, huh? Maybe, maybe like one of the old ring skirts. Um, you know, watching these shows all throughout the years, maybe one of those would be pretty cool to have. Or the white banner that hangs at Cork, and the one that's just the black paint. That you see at every fucking show, maybe that banner that hangs. Uh, eh, we'll start there. How about oh, you? Um, 
gosh, I bunny suit. <laughs> <laughs> I said all the stuff that I wanted are things that I could easily uh, ha- get in a card of dollar, and I just wanted one of them. I wanted to grab one at the dome. I've never been close enough to get one. Yeah, maybe some Okada dollars and like the the money gun thing, so I could spray the money all around my living room. But again, I could buy that easily. (laughs) I don't know. Lack of imagination here. I'll have to think about that one. But uh, yeah, like a robe. How about an Okada robe? Yes. Yeah. Or maybe Naito's awesome fur coat thing that he was wearing at Wrestle Kingdom. The white one. Yeah. For Naito. Are you talking? That was pretty awesome. Right. Imagine you walking in the Bedroom. walking in that hotel room. Have you sex? Dynamite Scott says, "Please pitch some COVID nineteen paranoia themed heel tactics El Fantasmo can use when we get back." <laughs> Mist, the return of Mist. <laughs> that's that's the one thing I'm very happy about the the lack of Mist in pro wrestling. I'm thrilled with that. So uh, yeah, maybe if, if we're looking at COVID nineteen tactics, Mist would be high on the list handshake what time you're not supposed to be doing handshakes um okay andy says do either of you have any favorite matches that happen on your birthday or even the day you were born recently discovered the michinoku pro super j cup final from 2000 was on my second birthday the very good main event from liger and shima so damon do you know off the top of your head have you got any matches that occurred on your birthday no i have no what i mean i guess cage match i'd have to go look um february 8th is the magical day is there anything that happened on February eighth in pro wrestling? I don't, not that I can think of, but uh, I'd have to look. I'd have to specifically look, and right now I just don't have the wherewithal to be able to do that. <laughs> but uh, I'll look. I'll see. But I don't. Nothing comes to mind. Sorry. All right, I'm going to open up this day in wrestling history, July seventeenth. Oh. Um, right, let's, let's see. No, it's rubbish. There's nothing interesting really? here. Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Giant Bernard in the finals of a one-night wow. tournament to win the vacated IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I got one. I got one. Yep. Uh, uh, Daniel Bryan retires on February 8th, apparently. Uh, also, apparently, uh, Pedro Morales defeated Ivan Koloff to win the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. I've got some more stuff here. Terry Gordy defeated Stan Hansen to win the Triple Crown Championship. That's good. Mm. That's good. <laughs> the stuff is like nitro tapings, and yeah, let's <laughs> get that. Okay, uh, Adam Wilson says my wife just admits she fancies the bag of socks that is Yoshihashi. Valid grounds for divorce. I don't know about this. Like, I think he's quite an ugly-looking man, but he does seem to have some sort of. Charisma, well, not charisma, that's the wrong word. Really? But there, there's, there, there is a group, he does seem to have a little group of very dedicated fans who seem to adore yes. him for whatever reason. I don't understand it, but uh, it's not unheard of. You know, like the, that lady who was moved to tears, openly weeping yeah. in that G1 documentary because of how much she cared about Yoshihashi. I mean, there's got to be something to be said about, like, how much of a loser he is that he, he gets that sympathy, I guess, maybe. Um, maybe people see a little bit of themselves in that, you know, as as hokey as it may sound that, you know, he he finds ways to fuck things up, uh, but he still comes back for more, I guess. 
Um, I don't think he's an attractive man, to be quite honest with you. Um, but who am I to uh, judge? Uh, he just he just does nothing for me. I don't know. I mean, but, hey, listen, there's people that get thrilled when they get a fucking bag of socks underneath the Christmas tree, right? There's people out there, right? So different strokes. <laughs> uh, wrestling with my girl says, "Is it just me, or has brawling taken over pro wrestling? At least in the states, it feels like it. It's one thing to have a few matches on the card, but it feels like the majority for some promotions is every match." I don't know. I, I mean, here's the thing: I don't think, I don't think you would say that about the Okada matches, right? I mean, to to a fault. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to get some specific examples from that person, but I don't think it's taken over in any real sense. I mean, I think, I mean, if you turn on AEW, it is, they, they love the car crash element, you know, that, the, you know, the American indie car crash element is definitely there. Um, but I don't know if it's every match. I don't know if it's necessarily taken over. Um I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I agree with that one. Jimmy says a scenario for Damon. Would you rather live in a world where New Japan never existed, or a world where the Smiths slash Morrissey never existed? Ooh, fuck! Wow, that's a hard hitting question. There, good questions this week. Ah, oh, fuck. Ooh. Okay. I would say a world like. The Smiths are one of my favorite bands of all time, but they're not my favorite band. So I could find other great music to have, right? And 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 if the Smiths weren't around, then I, I, I would have other things to compensate. And and yes, I could find other great pro wrestling, but I think consistently for me, New Japan has always been my favorite promotion. So like if the Smiths were my favorite band, we might have a different conversation. But they're one of my favorite bands. So uh, I would say a world without the Smiths. Shane says, with a truncated schedule, is this finally time for a consolidated openweight tag league? I think that's a great idea. I do too. Um, I'll tell you what, Damon. One thing we didn't mention. With Rapongi 3K out the window for now, wouldn't this be the perfect time to actually just get rid of the junior tag team titles completely? And just have open weight tag titles. I'm a fan of less belts than more, but uh, it does give uh, those juniors who aren't in the heavyweight or you know in the in the uh, singles picture. It does give them something to do. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I'm a I'm a big fan of less belts. So, and again, continuing of that blurring of the line. I'd be okay with that. I really would. I, I, and here's the thing: you kind of got a taste with that with the Bucks, even though they, you know, they, they said they were going to be heavyweights. Blah blah blah. Um, nobody really thought of them as heavyweights, more of as juniors who, you know, kind of like what we have right now for the the singles titles. Yep, I'd be okay with that, one hundred percent. All right, two more questions. Griffin says, "What are your thoughts yep. on the Brody King G One run?" There was a lot of talk in the past. They they were high on him. Everybody that we talked to, Joel, was was was, was high on him. Um, I don't think I've ever seen him in a singles match, though. I could have sworn he was, you know, when he was walking out there with with Marty. 
It might, might have been just tagged. I could have sworn it was at least one. Um, it might have been, maybe I'm mistaken. But I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's come and gone, though. I don't know if that time has come and gone. I would be shocked. I don't know if shocked is the right word. I would be surprised if Brody King is in G1 this year. Yeah, I think next year possibility, but this year probably too soon, given that he's been injured and all the the travel shenanigans going on. Uh, All right, last question for today then. Khan the Viper says, who is your pick for this year's G1? It really depends on who's here. Um... I'm just going to go with a chalk pick and say, okay, I'm going to give you a chalk pick. Uh, okay, pick from the head and a pick from the heart. Pick from the head, Okada. Pick from the heart, Hiromu. Wow, you think Hiromu's in, huh? Yeah, okay. maybe they do the best of the G1 climax open weight right. mishmash thing. I'm going to say, all right, head and heart. Head would be Okada. Heart. How about Shingo? I would be down with that. I just feel like we're at a point where the brand value of January 4th, Wrestle Kingdom, Tokyo Dome is so high that any match they put, I mean, not any match, but you know, any match between two quality heavyweights, is, that's, that show's going to sell out either way. And Naito against Shingo... Last year, the G1 was a lot of people's favorite match, or certainly in their shortlists. So with the uh, right builds, sure, I could see it. Joe, have they officially announced January 4th yet? Not to my knowledge, no. Again, we're in troubling times. Uncertain the concerns. Times. You can't say troubling, uncertain it's too time. negative. Okay, uncertain, okay. Is that troubling to you? Is that concerning to you at all? No, not really. I'm sure they'll be they'd be mad not to do it. I mean they've managed to put on a Dominion this year and <laughs> look at all the shit that's going Good point. On. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. Listen, I'm just, you know putting it out there. I haven't heard it I haven't heard an official date yet. So just FYI. Okay, well that's all we have time for today. So you can visit redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast if you want to throw some money our way, throw some love for the great free content we put out there week after week, even when we're stuck in hotels and pandemics and childbirth and depression and all the other shit that comes our way, <laughs> show us some love. Put, put your hand in your pocket. Uh, you can join our Discord as well to join all the fun chat going on there. And the link to that is in the show notes and on Twitter. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast if you want to get one of our great t-shirts. Uh, also, if anyone can suggest an alternative website where I can put my Scampy Club design up, because PWT won't host it, let me know because I do want to start making some money out of that because otherwise I've just done a, a vanity commission to Tapler for no reason whatsoever. Uh, massive thanks as always to Editor Dan. You can find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. You can also subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Please give us a five snake review on iTunes and uh, some nice words because it does help us move up the rankings. Follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>